0: Hi, Alan here. Just to let you know, this week's episode of Switch It was recorded before England's squad announcement and the news that James Anderson has been ruled out for the rest of the Ashes. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Switch It, where we will attempt to explain the inexplicable and get our heads around Headingley. Yes, the Ashes are not so much alive as a flame after St. Benjamin of Cockermouth performed his latest miracle. You thought Stoke's efforts to help win the World Cup were noteworthy, but following that up by scoring 74 out of 76 with only Jack Leach for company to see England to their highest ever successful chase in tests might have even had Botham's scriptwriters wondering if they'd overdone it. I'm joined in the studio by Mark Butcher and George DeBell, surely the last wicket partnership you would want to bat for your life.
1: (laughs) Who's coming in 11?
0: (laughs) I'll let you two decide that one. Uh, We'll also hear from Dan Brettig in Derby to help sift through the psychological wreckage from an Australian perspective. Firstly, Butch, as someone who knows a bit about doing the business in the fourth innings at Headingley, uh,
2: how good was that? Uh, Yeah, it was all right. You know, the attack wasn't quite as good as, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I've had people, I've had people on and on at me and on uh, social media and stuff asking whether or not, it, whether I thought it was better. And you're kind of like, why are you even asking the question? <laughs> it was utterly epic. Um, not just the, the final hour on Sunday, which, although that was just incredible on its own, but the, you know, the day before, mm-hmm. what was he, two from 60 or something? Um, two
0: from sixty-six balls, right. uh, up until sort of early on the the morning of um, the, uh, the the final day. I think it was two from fifty overnight.
2: Yeah, yeah. two from fifty, two from fifty balls overnight. Um, he he just literally set his stall out to be the guy that was there at the end. And if the, that's the uh, the only comparison that I, can, that I can come up with that is anywhere near close um, to my experience of, of of a similar thing at Headingley was that. The only thing that kept going through my head on that day was that if I'm batting at the end, we win the game. That was it, and it looked as though he'd set his stall out for that to be the case from, you know, Saturday night. Not to mention the fact, of course, you know, I didn't happen to bowl an 18 over spell off the reel and take three for as well, you know, at, at 90 miles an hour either. So you know, I just haven't really got a lot going for me.
0: Well, not that we're saying
2: you couldn't have done. No, that. No, I, yeah. I could. Of course, I could. But it rained. Otherwise, that's exactly what would have happened. It was the declaration was. robbed you? Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was just it was just staggering. Utterly staggering the whole thing. I mean even down to sort of like the comedy appearance of Fumbled Runouts, um, Drop Catches at Third Man, uh the worst review, um, the worst <laughs> review since David Davis's um, alleged Review of the impact of, uh, of, of Brexit um, that didn't actually happen. You know that that kind of bad review oh, so we're getting uh, from right into the,
0: deep into the bad stuff.
2: From that uh, that Cummins over. I mean, I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen a captain do that before, where he kind of basically he basically shrugs his shoulders and goes, "I know this isn't out, but I'm going to do it anyway." Which is what Tim Payne did with well, that, uh, it, that appeal. At, it's usually Jack a Leach. sort of
0: time wasting tactic, isn't it? When you don't want the side to declare, you go, "All right, we'll have a review there." <laughs> oh, man, it was <laughs> it think, was so um, bad. England I was, tried it. I uh, happened
2: to be sat with. Uh, I happened to be sat with the man who was responsible for the 2001 the my innings in 2001. The old man came over, um, just come over to you know for for a quick visit, um, see that see the little one, etc. See his granddaughter, and of course this is all happening at the same time. So we're all huddled in the in the front room huddled I say I mean it's, it's enormous um, I'm just being modest uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> around the two bar this, fire this is nonsense
2: <laughs> um, but we were sat there uh, that mo- the second that happened Al just said, he just went well he's going to need that isn't he and the very next up <laughs> it would have been all over and they win the game um, <laughs> astonishing but brilliant at the same time
0: um, George you were there um, I think afterwards you referred to it as the best innings you'd ever seen have you managed to ever
1: come up with any, any rivals for it or, I mean Best in I in person, I think, in the flesh, I guess. Yeah, in the, in the flesh. I don't know. Do you know, I was writing a list at the time uh, of comparisons, and actually your, your audience was on there, uh, as was Pereira's, as was Astor's. Oh, I was working on that one. But I took you all out, actually. Pereira, yeah, we cars. have to mention that, or else yeah. Andrew Fernando will be... Well, the Astor one it is was the one brilliant. that's forgotten, because that was ridiculously good. And in the end, I took them all out. One because comparisons are ridiculous; mm. there's no need. And two because, and no disrespect, everyone's name pales by comparison to Lara. Yeah. So I compared it to Lara. Yeah, because one it, it was read better, pretty and, handy, isn't it? and, and t- it's Lara. Uh, and any time you're comparing someone, uh, something a batsman does to Lara, you're giving them a lot of praise because he might be the best I've ever seen. Mm. And um, it was it was possibly the most fun. It was in the top two most two or three most fun days I've ever had at cricket. Yeah, because it was so unlikely. It was so entertaining. It was actually great. I was sitting in the midst of an awful lot of Australians in the, in the press. <laughs> Poor Bretto. He's the one who's psychological stuff. There, there was a moment we'll, where we'll, he we'll thought... will come to him. <laughs> there was a moment where he thought there'd been an edge. No one else did. And he jumped up, got him! <laughs> and then, uh, obviously, he so sounded a lot of silence and embarrassment. But um, I spoke to Peter Lawler in the Dying State, very eminent... Australian journal mm. and said on a level do you want England to win this and of course he never would normally and he said Stokes kind of deserves it doesn't he uh, and it, I, I do think it sort of surpassed all those partial ties you have you know it was just a wonderful Performance from yeah. Ben Stokes in particular it a miracle
2: awesome. <laughs> there were there were tears knocking around I think in, in in the butchered lounge I mean, it was just it was utterly brilliant
1: did, did it did I mean
0: the atmosphere was obviously a, a big part of it the crowd um, it's being
1: peppered by by um, stokes' sixs was um, mortal danger the way and, he was and the crowd from. who all thought they wouldn't have needed those tickets they would all have been looking up the refund options twenty four hours all out on, the, hours <laughs> on hours the second
0: day of the game yeah, yeah. um but uh, did I mean uh, did that remind you of of, uh, of two thousand and one the way kind of the crowd got in on that? Um, yeah. As as I mean, there have been there have been a, a couple of occasions for them Sky to, to rerun the highlights this summer. But well, yeah, but just, not anymore. I mean, that's it. I'm done.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all over. Um, and and quite
0: right too. Well, I, I, I suppose think... they were. It was more um, surprise and delight. Uh, uh, 18 years ago, as opposed to uh, well, I mean, there's plenty of surprise this time round as well. But.
2: Yeah, I, 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 well, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have backed either of them, would you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest. But I think, yeah, the, the crowd, uh, we we have that sort of peculiar um, optimism, don't we? Anyway, a, a sporting crowd, you know, it starts off as sort of ironic cheering. Is it, was it three maidens, three, four maidens in a row in the morning? Four in a row. I think. Four in then, a row in then the then morning. So when the first single. run comes, it's like you've won the game. You know, the whole place <laughs> erupted. Um, when when England made the first run, and then from there on in, that'll be the, the great thing about heading there is that you know it has this reputation of being a snake pit, and the, and the ball does all sorts. But it, given the right set of conditions, like the pitch played almost almost identically to the way that it had done all those years ago. It kind of gets it gets baked, and there's a certain sound. And you, you kind of close your eyes and imagine and imagine the, the the bits at the end. You hear the bowlers the bowlers' feet. You hear the batsman's feet moving in the crease. There's a real sort of loud um scuffing that goes on on the pitch is because it's kind of got like concrete um and and what that means is is that the ball if you if you move particularly well if you're if you're in great nick and you you your movements are all right and you're picking the bat up nicely that you will hit the middle of the bat often and and it's very difficult to sort of defend then you know the ball starts flying to all parts um you know the one thing you can't legislate for is a guy that's strong enough to kind of to, to mishit them over fielders who were posted for you know posted for exactly that reason i mean that's that's the thing that's the thing i think that stands it, stands ben's innings apart from any of the others we've mentioned apart from perhaps cruel pereiras because there was a similarity there in that the modern players will would be able to do something that the older guys could not or would not have countenanced, really, which was taking, literally having blokes back on the fence and just taking them on. The slog sweep six. The slog sweep six. The two. Reverse. The, the slog sweep the, six. Yeah, yeah, was the, yeah, the reverse. <laughs> was, the two that he hit off Nathan Lyon that just got over long off out of the rough. The sweep, you know, off Hazelwood. Yeah I mean The, oh, the one, one that was almost a Yorker yeah. yeah I, I was just sat there on my sofa Going how has he hit How has the, he hit that, uh, hit that for six You can't know,
1: hit that for six My favourite noise in the world Pretty <clears> much you know, uh, Is that <clears> When you've got An incredibly noisy crowd And <clears> it was Really unusually <clears> noisy <throat> And it was silent When the ball was running in So you could hear everything And that's That's such a lovely thing When everyone's Like a big T29 at
2: Canterbury Absolute silence
1: And that doesn't change Um
0: Talked about the, the, the range of different gears. Two off sixty six is fifty from one hundred fifty uh, two balls. Yeah, one hundred fifty two slowest in test. And then uh, at the end, seventy four runs off just forty five. Um, I mean, George, at what stage did it go from? Could know, this Jack Leach has just wandered out there. This is going to be. Uh, they're going to come up short. Good effort from <laughs> Stokes. Okay, he's closing on his hundred. To actually, this is this is on. And it was only a ten over partnership, I suppose. So no, it all I he, he did it I
1: was written up. Well, as much as I ever am, I mean, you, you know how slow I am. But I mean, it, it, I had 500 words written, just as in the World Cup final. No one will ever read it. My my great mm-hmm. intro: crickets coming to Grand Home. We're mm-hmm. never going to use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for twenty-three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it seemed like it was anyway. The after dinner circuit. Right. Yeah, uh, and I was written up this time as well, uh, uh, very much for an Australian win because it seemed so unlikely. Uh, the, and then it changed, as you say, very quickly. Mm. And then you're not wasting your time looking at your laptop. No. You know what I mean? No. You're watching it unfold and uh, I thought it was unlikely nearly the whole way through. I mean, you have to remember that run out was right before the end. That leg before mm. was right before the end. So uh, it, it was, um, you're right on the edge of your seat until the moment he, I suppose that when he was facing that ball, because yeah, he was hitting the ball so well, he wasn't missing anything really, was he? He was in such fantastic form. He played himself in for so long, he was seen it. Sort like a football. like an elephant, <laughs> and it, at that stage, before he hits that ball for four, you kind of knew. But um, no, it was so unlikely
2: yeah. all the way through. And at and that, that point, is, the I, ashes
0: were still alive because it was tie was guaranteed at the very yeah. least. Yes, I mean, I,
2: I had a uh, premonition is not the right word, but I felt actually that when Jack Leach came out to reach him, that I thought we actually had a better chance than before he got there. I know that sounds ridiculous because obviously you've got it to get, you've got to take two wickets, but I'll, I'll walk you through my, my logic. <laughs> my logic was that Australia would then suddenly have the, the dilemma that they had, which was they want to bowl at Leech. They've got to have, you know, the, the Stokes is now, is now literally unleashed to do whatever he wants. And, and if he, and if he <laughs> finds the middle of the bat, they will not be able to stop it. There's nothing they can do. And, the, and all of a sudden, The game has changed from sort of, you know, a nice, nicely contained, you know, a couple of slips, guys on the one, etc., to field spread all over the place. As soon as you start doing that as a captain, even when it's absolutely necessary, you lose a semblance of control of what's Mm. happening, and you are also worrying about how do we get enough balls at the guy at the other end. Now, I think they stuffed up. I think in the the initial part of it, what they ought to have done was just made sure, made sure that they kept Leach on strike, which meant that if 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 Stokesy hit, if Stokesy hit the last. Three balls of an over for four, four, four. They still had enough in the bank not to worry about it, you know. But they kept leaving, you know, making sure, leaving it to so the fourth ball, so that they only or the fifth ball before they brought them up, so that they only had one ball at leech. And then when they had that one ball at leech, they they bowled it over his head, you know. So uh, what what I'm saying was, is I just felt like there was the more chaos there was, the more likely it was that we might yeah, get over sort of the makes line. Sense. Um Even though you're still thinking, well, it's it's still bloody unlikely because you know anything can happen. You know, catches went went begging, run outs, all that kind of stuff. You only have to bowl one half decent one at Jack Leach, mm. which they did. They didn't bowl one. They well, the only they, ball that was even, that was close was maybe the first ball that um, the Pattinson bowled at him, which he got. Actually, he went bouncer straight over his head. Then the next ball, he went Yorker that would have hit middle stump, and Jack Leach just managed to get a bat on it. But, but literally, if, if they bowled every single ball so as a full ball at, at Jack Leach, they would have got him out. Well, but they bowled so many of them that went straight over his uh, head. Uh, you see, uh, Even the runny no got, though. The runny got wasn't far away, because I think they had a leg slip,
1: short leg. Yeah. And uh, he just got it past them. That was quite close. That was, I was the thinking thing with that, that is, is that you are so Anderson two thousand and
2: fourteen with the, that moment. Yeah, like, but yeah. The, with the, <laughs> but at the But same the, the, prob- yeah, the yeah. problem with that, the problem with that is that the ge- getting those guys out with the short ball, even though it seems like the most likely thing, is nowhere near as likely as with them expecting you to bowl with them a short ball <laughs> and you try and bowl it with the stumps. Absolutely, they tried to up. So they just missed one where he went <laughs> right across
1: his stumps yeah, which and got, it was just down the leg first, side. So they could have bowled anyway, him right You
2: know, I digress. It kind of it flashed into my brain that kind of the chaos of the whole thing might actually make it easier for us to win it. and That's notwithstanding the bloke then going out and playing like an absolute genius <laughs> to make it happen. You,
0: you know something funny is going on uh, when, when Jack Leach has, has twice contributed match when he displays with the bat this summer yeah it's really <laughs> extraordinary
2: because uh, I
1: think people are going to start thinking he should be at number eight and he no. really shouldn't I, mean, <laughs> so I, 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 read, I
2: think i read something I if it was James Hill just one of his teammates down at uh, Taunton, saying that he was he'd literally be, be being violently ill in the dressing room about the thought of having to go out and bat he was terrible and terrified he got hit didn't yeah. he? Not so long ago. Morning <laughs> yeah. Morkel
1: last time. Oh, Morning Morkel, of course it was. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, that is quite frightening, to be yeah. fair. Reasonably frightening. Uh, th- th- there was a moment, actually, but th- th- he's saying this in retrospect more. Uh, when Stokes hit Hazelwood out of the attack, mm. that was hugely encouraging. But I always thought Lyon would get him. I thought they should have bowled. And and because it, uh, lion mm. beat him three or four times outside the off stump, sort of lunged him forward, very hard for Stokes to play Lyon. And he's not got a great record against offies anyway. So he decided to counter-attack. Mm. And once he did that, he hardly missed one, did he? Mm. So I was I was still worried when Lyon was bowling to him, but that hitting Hazelwood out of the attack was crucial because he hardly bowled a poor ball or match. I mean, he did not deserve to be on the losing side. Mm. Uh, one more
0: wicket, he'd have finished with a 10 for an Australia, would have yeah. won the yeah. ashes. Um, I, you
2: know, and I, ironically, Nathan Lyon did get best oaks in the end. I was going to say, you, you know, were right well, to be well, worried. did he? We um, did. Ha- did. he? He did. Oh, oh. <laughs> on <laughs> that, I mean, I've watched, where, where I've watched, are we with Wilson? I watched it live... I watched it live, right, and I thought, that it, it turned, OK? It, might, it didn't turn enough to have hit middle and, middle, and, middle and leg stump, but it certainly straightened enough to have hit leg stump. And subsequently, watching the sort of, you know, the slow, really slowing down the whole thing, it would have hit leg stump. And and the, the thing is, the thing is, well, what would it, this, what no, was the DRS a show? The thing the, the DRS showed it hitting lick. Right. so it's all completely and utterly academic. Yeah. If they hadn't because it would have been out, <laughs> and the game would be over, <laughs> and we could be having this argument. But, but it England shows would the have floor in
1: DRS, I but, think. But
2: okay, but that doesn't, but that does not address the fundamental point that had they not, burnt the review in Wasted the last over, review. it would have been out. It yeah. would have been given out in the field. The game would have been over, and that's the end of it. And now, that is true.
0: Reasonable, uh, you know, one look, full speed, first time. Joel Wilson doesn't give it.
2: Yeah. Oh. Reasonable. No, 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 absolutely reasonable. Absolutely reasonable. In, in isolation, absolutely reasonable. The only, the only reason that he, <laughs> the only reason to have given it to have, for him to have raised his finger perhaps was that he knew, was there him knowing that England had reviews and he could have reviewed it. But you're not, no one's thinking straight at that point. No one was thinking straight on the ground at that <laughs> point. Sure, Wilson. <laughs> well, <laughs> well Joel Wilson has been hopeless. So why that, which goes back Although to, which, quite which a good test, entirely goes Seven back to my grips, point.
0: Uh, why, all,
2: as an Australian captain, would you shrug your shoulders and go, I know this is not out and then leave it up to the umpire to save you in the next over? just complete. it's mental as I said nobody is thinking straight
1: (laughs) he sure plays a mean pinball that's all I'll say okay
2: fair enough but (coughs) but you've just said in the same breath you've just said oh you're not sure that the ball was hitting the stumps and now you're saying that you should have given it out you know pick your mind up George I'm not I'm saying that generally he's a hopeless umpire (laughs) who shouldn't be in the role but we're talking about one very specific point in the game the one that has made the difference between them winning and losing it yeah, I don't have not
1: that issue. It's not with his umpire. You're not looking at a one-off issue no, I, and saying, "Oh, look, he's made a horrendous mistake. No, he should be we, sacked." But we you're would not be having of we would not be having
0: this conversation because the game's over, isn't it? Yep. And we wouldn't be having it if um, Lyon had taken a pretty regulation mm. throw from backward point. And was
2: it? Was it regulation though?
0: Well, I think it because was. It was away from the stumps. It was it? It? away
2: from, and he was running towards it. And then where the where the ball actually ended up mm. was kind of up underneath his armpit. He'd have needed to have had his hands, Oz style mm. fingers pointing to have caught it comfortably. He had plenty of time. Yeah, yeah. I'm, he, I'm he, not saying it wasn't a, maybe it was, didn't it wasn't a brilliant and delicious fumble. But it wasn't, you know, it's not like he didn't get it, it right over yeah, the top of the It summer. shows
1: us how well Josh Butler did in that key moment of the World Cup final because he made that throw that mm. was a pretty yeah. clumsy throw, really. Mm. He made that yeah. look pretty simple. Yeah, yeah He
2: lifted mean, that it, a long did, way from it, the stumps. It did, then. but it but it bounced a long way in front of him. He had enough. To, it wasn't like one of the you know the goalkeeper's nightmare, the one that bounces immediately yeah, yeah. in front of you. It wasn't like that. It <clears> bounced a long way in front of him and stayed sort of stump height. So although it wasn't directly at the stumps, it wasn't difficult. And what I'm saying about Nathan Lyons' one was is it was a long way away from the stumps. as He was running towards them and it kicked up underneath his armpit. Not an easy take under any circumstances, let alone those circumstances. But I'm not making excuses for him because I'm very pleased he fumbled it. <laughs> <laughs> um, something else to uh, to maybe just make
0: note of. I don't know how significant this is, but it, uh, it uh, was revealed I think on a, on a podcast the other day that um, Stokes is wearing Jack Leach's box, mm. um, and who's, presumably who's will was now. Jack Leach is
1: wearing. Well, that's
0: he? that's the follow up question, isn't it? But um... <laughs> and why? <laughs> because he borrowed it at Lords and then I went on to score a hundred. And uh, then, uh, you know, as is the way with cricket and superstition, had to keep it. And presumably, that will that box will one day end up in the Lord's Museum.
1: I didn't know that. <laughs> That's good knowledge.
2: Leach's it's codpiece, what, gone all I mean, what's all the all view Adder? on
0: sharing box boxes? In
2: the, what I mean, sometimes, in the sometimes, the sometimes room. it's simply necessary. <laughs> you know, it's not. It's not something that you would advocate uh, <laughs> on a on a regular basis, but sometimes it has to be done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a, that seems like a very pragmatic. Do you own your own <laughs> box
2: with your one hundred seventy? I think so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you still have it? No. <laughs> <laughs> um what What is it about Headingley as well? I mean, we actually haven't mentioned both in 81, but, you know, that's obviously there. Um, I mean, this was also... Root was the first captain to win the toss and win the game in six tests, I think. I mean, England have lost... Uh, like many of them have <laughs> won, won there in, in the last few years. Uh, England were bowled out for 67, having yeah. won the toss and put Australia in. Yeah, um, what is it about... What is it about... Test match cricket at Headingley.
1: I don't think it's Headingley, you know. I just think it happens everywhere. We see so many great tests. That was extreme. The, the, <laughs> yeah. the one that uh,
0: there's a couple of extreme examples there, and I'm there not including butches. There, for yeah, it. No, yeah, there are loads that. of
1: great tests. Oh, do yeah. oh, well, uh, you know one? Uh, another one that Best Stokes the game, one actually, that, but, um, the, but that gets overlooked Chittagong. And I don't a test that gets overlooked. That was, was a good test because people say archers come along, and isn't it great England have a fast bowled like, like two tests ago. So Mark Wood mm. bowled west did so it it and yeah. he bowled fast. He bowled every bit as fast. It was different but it was quite good. As
2: people are so very very keen to point out um, because of course none of us have mentioned the uh, the effect that that result has had on the World Test Championship but we'll <laughs> get to that I'm sure. Um, but one of the things that people are always keen to point out about test matches is that they need more context. Well the context with this one which kind of elevates it above a lot of the other examples that, that George rightly mentions is that it's a it's an ashes series um that England were a 1-0 down and about to lose them um, and you know as much as Ben's performance in Chittagong might have been a, a great individual performance it's not it just doesn't capture the imagination of the cricket fan in this country or in any other country in the way that doing something like that does in an ashes series and that whether you like it or not is just fact
1: <laughs> yeah, it seems so. But you could, you know, you could look at the, to be fair, that was a Leeds game, wasn't it? The, the Hope game. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: West Indies winning there. I, I, I understand uh, by the Sri point. Sri Lanka winning off the penultimate ball of the mm. of the final day. Um, yeah. great test. Um, it's a... It's a well, sort it, of a great it's test. It's had well, some good well, ones. OK, so yeah.
2: I'll mention another one. But i mentioned another one that, would, that wouldn't get a mention as a great test match. Perhaps, again, for the reasons that I just mentioned, it wasn't an Ashes series, but under Alex Stewart, England beat South Africa in that... That two hundred and thirty plus two hundred and thirty game in ninety eight, great yep. Test match, um, I think, I think brilliant umpiring. <laughs> <laughs> Just to bring that up again, um, but you know it's there, a, there are a lot. There theme. are a lot of. Wasn't them, there them. a plum, you know,
1: was to, was it plum leg before? Wasn't it? There were lots of. Them. <laughs> uh, that wasn't given, and I'm trying to think.
2: Was it David Shepherd? Oh, I don't know. I, was, can't I can't remember. I, 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 I won't embarrass the uh, the Pakistani umpire <laughs> um, who had yeah. the uh, who had the meltdown on the on the final day, but. I mean, that was a hell of a test. There was not, you know, wasn't there a, are a lot of paper of good between tests. them it's a then.
1: It's a really good <clears> format, <throat> and I wonder if it's better now, because uh, in some ways batting's changed, in some ways uh, mm. the authorities have learnt that flat pitches are not helpful mm. to, to, for entertainment values. Uh, I think the game's about as entertaining as it ever has been.
2: Yeah. But there are a, re- are there a lot of entertaining test matches. I'll, I'll tell you one thing that it, that it really highlights, is obviously looking back at some of the, the footage from, from 81 and, uh, and Beefy's time and stuff. You know, Bumble said it the other night. He said, I've, "I've made my. I've been in this game since 1960, whatever it is, 1964, it says, and Test Match Cricket has been dying ever since." You know, um, look at the footage of Beefy in '81. There's nobody in the ground. There wasn't a seat. There wasn't an empty seat ahead of me throughout the four days of that Test match. You know, people, yeah, are, people are watching the game in a way that they weren't. You know, we tend to have this rose-tinted <coughs> or sepia-tinted view of what was going on back in the '80s, but no one was watching the game like they watch it now. Nobody.
1: Well, I don't know. It was different. I think there were probably more, there were definitely more people watching on TV. Well, that is
2: for sure. I can't argue against
0: that. Uh, But in the
2: grounds, in the grounds, the grounds were empty.
0: Well, I think this was, uh, on TV, Sky's highest uh, rating for a test, or something like that. Well, you could definitely
1: tell, just anecdotally, more people talk about cricket. Mm. More people are asking about cricket. You see more people playing cricket in parks and things. Mm. The last few months have been terribly, terribly good for English
2: cricket. really, really, they really have. And, and, and
1: Stokes it, takes a huge amount of credit for
0: try
2: that. Try not to cock it up. Oh, no, we're already on the road to do it. <laughs> <coughs>
0: um, we won't go again uh, onto that one today. On the subject of Headingley and its mysterious ways, uh, let's check in with the touring party. Dan, you've written about how it took a long time for Australia to get over Headingley 81. What sort of effect is this defeat going to have, do you think?
3: Well, I think it's probably been handy for the Australian team that uh, they or many of their members have experienced something uh, a little broader and more far-reaching than a mere cricketing disaster in the past 18 months. Uh, And I think that probably has been useful in allowing them to put Headingley behind them uh or equally uh i think the fact that it's not back to back test matches and they've had a little bit of time to clear their heads uh obviously you know the day 5 at uh, at Leeds that, uh, that didn't need to take place and then um a little bit of time uh shuttling between uh nottingham and derby for their uh, their game against Derbyshire has uh, has also helped with that uh although uh, as we know um perhaps uh, Nathan Lyon might have preferred not to roll his ankle in the game of touch football that they enjoyed the other day.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's probably been a, a, a tough few days for him. Has, has there been, do you think, um, a lot of introspection and, and going over, sifting through kind of um, what went wrong at the end there? Or, or can they just kind of put this down to an act of, act of the cricketing gods, in, in or Ben Stokes in this case?
3: Oh, I think they've they've certainly um, uh, had a fair bit of time to, to think and, and look and analyse. Uh, one of the, the the sites that was most um, uh, sort of, uh, stand out to me watching the end of the Headingley Test was uh, a very animated discussion between Tim Payne and Ricky Ponting to one side of the presentation, um, and, and judging by uh, the. Uh, the gesticulations of, of Ponting, they certainly weren't discussing where they were going to be having dinner that night. So, mm-hmm. uh, that, that I think was probably part of the, the start of the, um, the, the post and, uh, and those have, those have continued and there's been, uh, or as I wrote yesterday, there's, there's probably a, a combination of, um, of, uh, of drawing conclusions, but also making rationalisations that will allow them to, um, front up to, to Old Trafford without, uh, without seeing uh, nightmares of
0: Ben Stokes every time they shut their eyes. I mean, it's worth remembering how well Australia bowled in general, routing England for 67 and then doing most things right in, in the chase of perhaps a loose period with the second new ball aside until they ran into an inspired um, Ben Stokes.
3: Yes, yes. Well, the, the, I, I think the, the, the fact that they um, put themselves in such a good position and then... Um, you know, it it was it was about an hour's poor cricket to um uh to, to give Ben Stokes the, the chance to um to perform his miracle. Um and, and perhaps also uh, a reflection on the fact that uh, they haven't as a as a batting unit necessarily got the uh got the runs that um that would have merited winning the ashes in the space of three test matches. So you know, as we as we speak uh, we've seen um, Marcus Harris trying to get some runs here, then being involved in a run-out with Usman Khawaja, who's um, recently moved past 50. And uh, you would think that, uh, yeah, his um, likely elevation to open the batting alongside David Warner with Manus Labashain at number three will be part of a, a, a reconfigured Australian batting order for Old Trafford, where I think they're hoping as well to have... Um, that uh, that little bit more um, uh, pace on the ball that, uh, that you can sometimes get at at, at Old Trafford to
0: um, help the batsmen feel comfortable. Um, you mentioned there about sort of a change to the to the order. Um, there's obviously Stephen Smith will be making his comeback. He's playing in this game. I don't think he's batted yet um, in Derby, but past all his his concussion tests, um, and that will be a considerable boost, even if it does mean rejigging the top four.
3: Yeah, absolutely it will. And, uh, there's, uh, I, I think, um, uh, well, there was something, there's something quite refreshing about talking to Steve Smith in the wake of Headingley that, uh, that he, uh, because he, he wasn't playing, uh, also because he wasn't captain, uh, he was able to, uh, perhaps a little bit more than, than teammates out on the field, uh, enjoy the fact that Ben Stokes had played a remarkable innings and, 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 and done something that, uh, that all players uh, in Smith's view, anyway, um, should be uh, should be wanting in their in their careers to be the um, the, the man on the spot to to um, to win a game for their for their country. And uh, obviously, that was something that Smith was able to to do to a large degree at Edgbaston, and, and was was perhaps on his way to doing similar at, at Lords before uh, before being um, being struck uh, so heavily by Joffrey Archer. So. Uh, yeah, he uh, undoubtedly um, is going to be be coming back uh, refreshed but also um, incredibly hungry to, to make the runs that uh, are in years to come seen as decisive in this series.
0: Um, hit me, he spoke the other day about uh, resuming that duel with Archer um, and he sort of tried to make quite clearly the point that he's not going to be bothered by um, being bowled any bouncers.
3: Yeah, well I think one of the rationalizations that was made about the um, uh the the uh the threat that Archer opposed at Lords in particular was that uh you had two factors that aren't really going to to figure or unlikely to figure in in the remaining test matches one is that uh you of course have the um, uh, the slope at Lords meaning that um, you know batsmen have got to make to some degree, educated guesses about which way the ball was going to, to go on pitching, uh, but you also had um, a pitch that was somewhat uneven in pace and in bounce, and those two factors together made it uh, a lot more complicated dealing with uh, with Archer. And, and uh, if you look at Headingley, uh, there was um, only really the um, the one instance with uh, with Labashain where uh, where Archer was able to um uh, you know hit the hit the helmet or the or the grill of the helmet. Again, as opposed to uh, you know, lots of blows that uh, Australian batsmen took on the on the head or the or the body during Lords.
0: Um, you mentioned Labuschagne; his performances are, have been a, a particularly notable coming in for since coming in for Smith. Um, and I guess if you'd have offered Australia one one with two to play, then at the start of the series, they'd have they'd have taken that.
3: Yeah, I think they'd have taken it, Although um, it, it's uh, there's plenty of, of, of recent history of Australian teams coming to England where if they can't uh get the issue decided relatively early in the series then England tend to come out on top so that that's something that um that that they will have to be be wary of in terms of um uh you know coming out of this series on the on the winning side the fact that uh generally if Australia don't um don't get uh, the the jump on England early in a series and and, and extend their advantage then uh, uh, they they tend to um, tend to struggle in the face of, a, of an England side that uh, um, playing at home tends to, to finish these series off quite well. So uh, that yeah the the the, the rationalisation that um, we'd have taken one one at the start of the series is um, something that's been very commonly said. Tim Payne said it multiple times, but uh, yeah I, I think that uh, the, the the challenge for the Australian side is is actually to um, uh, to, to renew their energies and their efforts for the for the final two tests, when uh, history shows that's uh, not as easy
0: done as said. All still to do, then. Thanks, Dan. We'll let you get back to Smith. Watch. Uh, keep an eye out for the stray footies. We don't want you rolling an ankle as well.
3: No, no. I I, I, I think I'm reasonably safe, but uh, I'll keep it in mind.
0: So, as we've heard, Australia a bit battered and bruised, but still in the series. Uh, they only need to win one of the last two tests to retain the Ashes, of course. Um, my question here, Butch, is uh, do England need to stop themselves from getting carried away or allow themselves to be completely carried away, sort of 2005
2: style? I don't get carried away. I really do. Um, the force is with you. Yeah, abso- absolutely. Uh, you've, got to, you've got to ride that wave. Um, and the, the interesting thing about that is is that what, what that has done or what that did in that final innings, England having a, a sniff in the final innings, actually made them knuckle down and bat in a way that they've not been able to do for a long time. Joe Root played superbly. Joe Denley came out there and chiselled out 50. Played really well, you know, kept England in the game. Now, I'd, I'd mentioned this, I think, in the, in the pod the week before. Where I said, if you have a bowling attack that is capable <coughs> of knocking teams over... That the the corresponding effect that it has on the batting unit is is that you know you don't have to score as many runs. You just have to make sure you get a score. You have to make sure, however long it takes, to score enough runs to give that bowling attack a chance to win you the game. Now, of course, that looked utterly ridiculous getting bowled out for sixty-seven. But you know, then given the opportunity to go to go and win a match, which is you know essentially the, the the fourth innings of a game, gives you an opportunity to be a hero. It's not like batting in the first innings where you're setting the game up. There's nothing there for you in the first innings. It's kind of like a void, and you have to go out there and just play every ball at its merits, and the game hasn't taken any shape yet. But in the final innings of a game, you can see everything. It's all there right in front of you, and the focus is there, you either, and that either buries you or you're, you're inspired by it. So England, have, what they have to take from the way that the guys played was not the final hour. It was the, the result, the fact that they're still in it. <laughs> it was how they got themselves into a position where Ben could do what he did. Um, and that is test match batting what they did was test match batting and this man to my left has been advocating a bit of <laughs> test match batting for as long as I've known him and it should have made him very very happy did it make you happy George? Yeah, well I asked Joe Root about it afterwards yeah.
1: and he said that was a better template for the way we have to bat but it was only three of them Okay,
2: but three's better than
1: none. Well, yeah, yeah but it's yeah. not three's it's better it's than no. none. It's eleven. No, three's better than
2: none. i <laughs> they, they three. have
1: they have all I sorts mean, of holes in the side. I'm they
0: won three. it by yeah, they, no, no doubt. They won it by driving through fog very quickly at the end. But, um, I mean, Under. how important was that innings from from Root George in terms of his maybe his captaincy? I mean, the series as a whole. But uh.
1: oh, very. Stay, stay of execution. <laughs> oh, well, who knows? Uh, it would have the England selectors management would have had a really difficult decision. But if he had lost the Ashes in Leeds, um, and he had shown himself unable to lift the team, he had shown uh, increasing evidence that he was struggling to score runs as captain. You know, so that the leadership was compromising that ability. Mm. Then questions had to be asked, and they're very inconvenient questions because there obviously aren't obvious <coughs> rivals for the role. But yeah, absolutely, he had a bit of <laughs> one trouble. One guy is sort of. I mean, the history tells us that no one apart from Archie McLaren, I think he came and went in between, has led England in three, sorry, three Ashes series, having lost the first two. Alan Border did it, and and Joe Root's young enough to do something similar, but unless he was showing that he could raise the team, yeah, I think that's a massive innings for Joe Root's future. Um, I'm still worried about Joe Root's batting. I still see, you better to ask Butch about this stuff, but he still falls over to the offside. It's a technical flaw he's been making for years and goes uncorrected. Um, That's a worry. And, you know, you have an opening batsman you can't open, you've got <laughs> all sorts of holes in there. I mean, you go to Joss Butler, he's sort of escaped uh, mention for years, been living off promise in the way that Ramps and Hick did. Um, well,
0: Butler's averaging 9.16 in the series, which is actually below
1: Jason Roy, who's averaging mm. 9.5. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and he's been moved to 7. He, uh, so many people, both all-rounders, were moved to accommodate him. That cannot be right. There are very, very few specialist batsmen who have made a long-term career at number seven. (laughs) Well, none. And I I think that if Ollie Pope had been given the chance to bat at six, Mm. for example, he could have already developed into a very fine player. So what we've got to do is when we put new players on the side, give them a chance to bet in rather than bat them out of position and ask them to accommodate the failings of the more experienced players, which is what we've been doing with. And I really worry that England's management has jeopardised Jason Roy's long-term future. We're asking him to bat in a position which is patently obvious he is ill-suited to.
0: On that subject, I mean, I <coughs> kind of know Butch's opinion on this, but will or should England uh, make a change for Old Trafford? I mean, talk de- de- talk about Denley kind of showing mm. some fight and yeah. p- perhaps prolonging his
1: test career. He also top-scored I mean, in if we, the first If, in if in we, we held a gun to your head and made you walk <laughs> the wire, uh, what would I say? <laughs> who, who would you say should be opening the bat in? Uh,
2: Those uh, are wise good. words. Great, wise, great words. Word. <laughs> um... <laughs>
0: Available in mm. all good record...
2: Well, uh, can we
1: start with this? Is it me, time for Zach Crawley me, or Don Sibley to step st- out of the shadows and into our dreams? <laughs> let,
2: me let, me right, <laughs> let me start with this. Let's stop that. Right, let me start with this. That England made an extraordinary call during that Test match. Extraordinary call during the lead-up to that Test match. When Jason Roy was a doubt for the game, they, for the concussion um, substitute Who rule, did they call upon? They called upon Ollie Pope, right? And all of the noises were that should Jason Roy be deemed unfit to take his place in the side on Thursday, that Ollie Pope would bat at number four and Joe Denley would open the batting. That was the change that they were going to make. So having completely defied logic after Joe Root decided that he was going to bat at number three, they moved Denley down and put Jason Roy at number one, which... There's, there's video um, evidence of the, the astonishment that came across my face when I heard this. It was during the point. Um, <laughs> we did not you know, stage either. They then, because no, I did hear it out there first. <laughs> they, they then, you know, so so given given that Jason Roy was out with concussion, they would do exactly the thing that they'd refused to do with Jason Roy when he was the first choice in the team, right? So there we are. So by the looks of it, their the, the reserve batsman is going to be Ollie Pope. So if they decide to remove Jason Roy from the team, Ollie Pope, by dint of the fact that he's the next, next cab off the rank, comes into that team. And Joe Denley more than likely will, likely will, will end up at the top of the order. Okay? Why they didn't do this in the first place with Jason Roy is, is, is their, their call and their call only. Will they go outside of the, of the, of that bubble and pick a Zach Crawley or a Dom Sibley? I think it's Sibley, isn't it? Um, yeah, okay, Dom Sibley. Which, again, if you were gonna, if you wanted to pick a specialist opening batsman, you had the perfect opportunity to have done so in in Dom Sibley because you can point to the fact that in a time in an era um of first class cricket where nobody is scoring a lot of runs as an opening batsman, he is scoring tons of them. Right? And so even if he failed, there was a logic in his selection. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Even if he failed. And you would give him enough chance to, to, to sort of make some runs, as they've done with Rory Burns. Rory Burns incidentally, in uh the the last two Test matches, has looked with all his Foibles and, and weirdness has looked very, very solid as an opening batsman. Apart from against the short ball, now he will figure that out. He'll figure that I out. I thought he was a bit unlucky, but, but yeah, defensively, yeah, the, the, the catch at lord's was extraordinary side. and yeah. one down the leg side. He'll work that out. You know, he'll work out that you know I don't know Justin Langer had a, had an issue with it. Justin Langer sort of ended up with the sort of the wild lifting of the bat over the head. You kind of you'll, you'll figure out a way. I agree. Um, so that's fine. You've got you've got one. So. <laughs> But, but to me, it looks as though if they remove Jason Roy, which I think might, at the moment looks like it would be the, the kind thing to do um, and, and get him out of the team altogether, which is not something that they want, then, um, the way that they would do it was danny would open and and they 'd bring Ollie Pope in to reprise his his erroneous role at number four <laughs> oh, yeah. it 's yeah. really
1: really terrible management <laughs> yeah. very bad. Uh,
2: it's but, but to george i know you 've been here for a little while we 've kind of i don 't know how many times i 've said that they 're storing this problem up such and such yep. a when they pick Joss Butler as a number seven when they do all these things they just keep storing up these problems so for themselves just... and eventually you play against you play against a, a really strong side a side that you feel that you 've got a chance of beating in a home high profile test match series and all of these problems come home to roost right. every single time. So there's a couple of things.
1: One, they're missing a fit, sorry, not, not, they're missing an in-form Moen because that late middle order used to bail them out quite often. You can't pick Moen right now, I don't think. But nope. but they do miss someone like that coming in at eight
2: because mm-hmm. you've got the prospect of Archer coming in at eight. Now they um, simply wasn't... Which gives, which gives them the option of then replacing, uh, replacing of bringing in Anderson Instead of woke that's, that's the reason yeah. you're saying that isn't yeah, it? Although yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear that Craig
1: Overton Was put on standby for a con- concussion so That's a little bit of an explicit uh, Was a concussion sub For one of the last news? two tests <laughs> Yep um, so, so there were three of them At some stage On unofficial standby mm. But simply not for the last test Which is interesting Now I know he had a, a net yesterday with Andy Flower Which apparently went very well So maybe that's encouraging Uh, I I would play him because he's an old-fashioned... Do do I know... I mean, am I sure he'll make it? No, absolutely not. Mm. But at least he's a man who relishes opening the batting. Mm. It is a very specialist skill. And um, I really, really regret that a pretty precious Mm. talent like Roy, who I don't think is a number four either, by the way. I think he's probably a number six if he's a test batsman. Probably they're all number sixes. (laughs) Well, I think, uh, actually, (laughs) Stokes could bat bat, (laughs) pretty much anywhere. But you you can't have a man bowling 24.2 over spells, admittedly. Uh, broken by bone. Yeah, night. I mean he
0: had all that re- rest um, while uh, uh, Joffrey Archer bowled four balls. Uh, so he could
1: do the callus roll.
0: So back he back could three. Well, he
1: could go four or so, and uh, yeah, he could probably could do three, and um, and just bowl a few overs. He could. But I think it's a waste.
0: Yeah, of course it is. He, he doesn't like to play anymore. You're using you <laughs> your, your three
1: them. or four reliable players are continually filling holes or the young players <laughs> for everybody else for the holes, but it's terrible management the, the wa- to have squandered uh, talents like Pope and Roy. Very predictably, uh, honestly, it's not like we weren't saying this before it happened. No. Uh, mm-hmm. and got, I think Ed but Smith's
2: position has to be looked at. The one issue, the one issue with, or at the, least he has he to switch or picking somebody again from outside of from outside of the, the players are in at the moment is all of a sudden. You, you, you're throwing the guy in to open... The, and, of course, somebody has to begin their career at some point. You know, yeah, and and it's always in, hard, in an to be Ashes fair. Series in but, but it wasn't the first test. Yeah. you know, Throwing somebody in now, fourth test of the series, England have got to win... One of them and not lose the other, or, or whatever it might be. After what's just happened, <laughs> I'm not sure you're giving him the best chance. Either. I don't know that but you might it's always that, hard. Well, I know, of course it is, but there, but then but there is a, there is a solution. It's not a perfect one. In that Denny is in the heat of the battle. He's making runs. He's still he's still the guy that's, that they're using as a utility player because of his relative experience, because of the fact that they're not. You know they're not hanging their hat on Joe Denley for a, for a three four five year career. They're just putting him in there, hoping that he's experienced enough to make them enough runs in order to keep us in a series. Yeah, so you, no, I know this, but but this was this was this was before <laughs> we started. I said it's, they shouldn't do it, but if they're going to, this is how you do it best. Um, and so the idea then would be that you moved Denley out to Open. Because, oh, he's, listen, he's a, he's, 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 his career, he learnt how to play the game as an opening batsman. Well, sort of. Well, no, he did. Well, there's a reason why he stopped doing it. It's not because he was too successful and got he, bored of him, all the and, runs. Him and, him and Rob Key had a couple of seasons together at Kent where they scored a lot of runs together. Mm, as an 2009. Opening I, yes, but, but it's better than somebody who's never done it before. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, OK, <laughs> Do,
1: just, just <laughs> on that. Did you just, see Denley's batting at Leeds? Yes. Because in the first innings honestly without hyperbole mm. that's a, one of the worst test innings i've ever seen is, top, that, is that fair top scorer yeah it was horrific
2: <laughs> i mean it, out of 67 <laughs> i'm not i'm not taking that as a sample what, what did I'm you think of that innings. it's an
1: outlier what did you think of
2: his first innings first innings? Well, it was awful but then okay. so was everybody else's okay, yeah
1: yeah yes it was uh, <laughs> second innings
2: <laughs> he played really well well second innings he played tough uh, i mean i uh, it sounds you, like but isn't that what you want your it, openness it's to do part of i would the rather job, yes. i would rather honestly i would rather have joe danny go out there and get 30 in in a session and a half two sessions oh, i agree with that right okay and get out and do that for the rest of the series and never play again. on, you take I would... that. I like, get your bike. But this, yeah. is, but this is what I'm asking you for. I'm not saying that he's going to go up there and suddenly turn okay, into Jack my worry I'm is, saying that I he's in have, the heat of the battle. He's scoring like runs. Um, he's, <laughs> he's, he's scoring some runs. Yeah. You know, his
1: most productive <laughs> shot for a while was the leave because indeed. he kept that, hitting that's what we want, want. <laughs> and it kept going for four. <laughs> that's what we want. But he left it so badly he hit it, Bro,
2: and it would go off the
1: face of the bat and just slips
2: for sometimes. Sometimes you have to you have to go for the the less than perfect. Well, there are lots of other options. Let's so move on about, to have have never played a test <laughs> match. Let's move so on to an Wait, easier topic, wait, wait just is... quickly,
1: just quickly. <laughs> Did you ever see James Vince beaten for pace during that series in Australia? He had time on the ball. Yeah, mm-hmm. he had other issues. Yeah, but he had time so on the you, ball.
2: So okay, so you want to pick a guy right who looked absolutely and utterly kind of shot to bits when he was asked to come in as a stand-in to bat at, in Jason Roy's position in the World Cup? You think throwing him in in the fourth test match of this series, all of a sudden it's, everything's going to be all right? No, I'd pick Sibley. So why did you bring up Vince?
1: Because it's another option, and I'm just making the point there are lots of options, and I think long-term, Zach is the answer. One, one subject, which are, I'm sure we'll Maybe. all be happy
0: to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to talk nicely about, is... Idiot. Joffrey Archer, <laughs> <laughs> who... Uh, Stupid <laughs> al <Alipod, Blake. laughs> very. <laughs> what did they
2: bring you before. going to delete
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> before this pod goes up in flames, uh, allow <laughs> the test. Um... <sighs> England could bring James Anderson back, uh, the all-time leading wicket taker for the next test. Uh, Joffrey Archer took six for in the first innings at Headingley Less, we forget. That was quite decent as well. Mm. Um, the bowling's looking alright. Yeah, the bowling's Broad's looking alright. I
2: think the handling of it is, it leaves a bit to be desired. Joffrey's still. still bowling too Joffre, much. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, you he know, did d- go off, well it- off with cramp. I don't think they bowled that well
1: at Leeds. Sorry, to be
2: contrary. I don't think they bowled
1: that well at
0: Leeds. Well, there was an hour when it definitely got away. When it one. went badly. Uh, oh. And
2: that's, you know, Chris, Chris Rokes looked. Extremely out of sorts and is also being being ignored. Is that he was ignored? He He was ignored at Lords as well, maybe possibly, um, as well. um, Whilst Joffa was bowling, sort of all of the all of the ball. He professed not
1: to know why he wasn't asked to bowl.
2: Right, so there we go. So there's no injury problem. So there's there's an issue there, and also, you know, the the way that I love the way that that um, that Tim Payne and that Australian captains in general empower their spin bowlers to get into the game to bowl spells and to give and to give the quicker bowlers their they're sort of like the their spearheads enough time to recover before they bowl more effective spells now joe root has no no idea about how to do this he doesn't seem to have any confidence that he can throw the ball to leach who hasn't let him down at all when he has bowled mm-hmm. going at a couple of runs per over just lock away something for me here let me give this guy a rest no, no, it's not none of that. It's you're going to bowl 15 off the reel. You're going to bowl 15 off the reel. I'm not bowling you because you're not bowling very well. And, and we kind of see where we end up at the end of it. He that can't, not he the can't way. do what he's done that to Stokes. That is not the way to captain a bowling <laughs> <game>. <laughs> dead, right? Was
0: there an element, do you think, with Stokes that, you know, I'm the vice captain, I'm bowling here and I'm not, no, not bowling?
2: I have no, I have no issue with the, with the Stokes thing because without, the, because the Stokes thing kept us in the game. Joffre was off off the pitch. It was last. It was last resort. Mm-hmm. All of it was last resort. <laughs> but like I'm saying, that is not the way. To, that's not the way to captain a <laughs> team. But there are better <laughs> ways to. You know, if you're going into a test match where you're not bowled out for 67 and all things are equal, you, you don't do that. You know, you've picked a, you've picked a four man specialist bowling attack with an all rounder for a reason. Give the spin bowler his head to do the job that he's there to do, particularly in the first innings of games. The second innings, yes, you, you throw him in because you're trying to get him to win you the game. But he still has a role to play in the first. Um, and, and Old Trafford is, is the sort of is the sort of venue where that can come into it its own too. You have to be willing to allow these people to do the job that they are meant to do. And one of the problems at that England... That n- it's not a problem. One of the issues that England captains have had is because you've got the option of five, right... You tend to kind of you, you tend to keep going back to the keep going back to the same guys. We have got another seamer to bowl, another seamer to bowl, and the spinner kind of ends up doing uh, doing nothing. And and I understand why that can happen because Moen's job has been to kind of be the shot bowler, really, in in England's attack when he's been the lone spin bowler. But Jack Leach is not that guy. Jack, Ble- Jack Leach is 25, 30 overs go for seventy, maybe pick you up. He, one in some ways, he's more spinning. what England needed. He's I mean, exactly what England. M-
1: Moen's straight rate, as we know, is extraordinary and brilliant, but he he will bowl those awful release balls that Jack will not yeah. Jack won't bowl the incredible dipping drifting no. spinning ball he won't he, no, he, no. he can't do what Moen does but Moen can't do what he does either
2: oh, no. and, that's, and, the po- oh. and the point of, the point you of all of this is, is that you've got four, four quick bowlers who are all capable on their day of do, doing different things posing different problems to different batsmen you want them bowling when they're fresh and, and kind of jumping out of their skin and are able to be relentless, one after the other, going at the opposition batting line-up. So, not I'm worried not about sort of Archer. too dead to be able to bowl a proper spell. So we
1: reckon that Archer had an injection. He we? did. In between the end of the World Cup and the Super-Over. And the Super-Over. He did. Over. Right, He did. I think he denied it. He wouldn't no, confirm Mark, it, didn't he? But he Mark did. Mark Wood told the story and
2: said, and said that that's exactly what happened. Joff wasn't in the dressing room when they were talking about who was going to bowl the over because he was downstairs having, having an a, injection.
1: Having an injection. So already... Gospel.
2: Having been in the England side for, what, four
1: months or whatever it is, three months, he, he's already in the situation where he's having to bowl after pain kill injection. Well, pain is telling you something. There's a reason for it. That's the life of a fast bowler. Mm. Isn't it? Is it, <laughs> is it the life of a fast bowler who goes on to have a sustained career? Hopefully not when they're 24 and in the first months I'll of the I'll tell their you what, Mitchell career, Johnson had a long career obviously, but he had a successful career for about 18 months and during that period he bowled three and four overspells mm. and he won an Ashes and a series against South Africa doing mm. that. Uh, I'm not saying that Archers, because actually Archers probably better than that. He yeah. probably is better he than is, Mitchell he is
2: capable. He is capable of being able to bowl, is be, being able to take 10 miles per hour off his, off his pace and still bowl well. He is, he does as, as, as the great but West Indian bowler But look at Rabada.
1: We don't want to see what's happened to Rabada, who seems to have lost a bit of his pace. <clears throat> or even Mark Wood. Or, I, I don't, the, the best comparisons are probably Marshall and Hadley, and these are crazily <laughs> flattering comparisons. They're, they're the best two right-arm seamers I've ever seen, actually. Uh, so they're huge comparisons to make. And they did find a way to bowl quite long spells, but they cut their pace hugely to do it. They really did. Mark Nicholas, I spoke to a lot about Marshall the other day, he said he pretty much, towards the end, only bowled fast to left- uh, left-handers. He didn't like bowling to them, he struggled to bowl to them a bit. So he went up because he, he went up a yard because he needed to, because mm-hmm. he d- couldn't use his other weapons quite as comfortably. Now, England actually need that extra pace. And if they're going to compete in India, and if they're going to compete in Australia, they'll probably need the raw pace as much as his skills. But what we've got at the moment is a situation, again, where they're using their sports car to deliver scaffolding, (laughs) which is what they've done with Jimmy Anderson, and it's incredible that he's adapted. You probably faced him when he was young. He was proper quick, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah.
2: He could bowl quickly. And
1: and he's adapted to become a fantastically skillful bowler. Mm. They don't come around like that very often. It would be... Do you know, it would almost be a sin to ruin Geoff Archer, Mm. and uh, Joe Root's captaincy is getting pretty close to doing that, I fear.
2: If we we had a... Again, if we had a four-man attack based on three quicks and a spin bowler, the guys would all have to bowl longer spells, as Gillespie, McGrath, Lee would do for Australia. They had Shane Warne, admittedly, at the other end, took care of that. But that is that is the template for a four-man attack. We don't have to do that, because we've got five. <laughs> <And> we, <laughs> did we did do it not before. Have to do we did four, four, do it six before. Six seven sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, did,
1: we did it before, and it was brilliant. But there's a reason why that England team that was brilliant, the one featured in the edge, there's a reason why it's successful for eighteen months, two years, mm. and it's because they were knackered. So Breslin's elbow went, Swan's elbow mm. went, Broad and Anderson decided to reduce their pace, which was absolutely fine, but it meant that someone else had to do that role. And uh, well, I
0: mean, even and it, Jones, it happened with so that, that Australia team. Off, um, McGrath was Armstrong only a, played together for.
1: Yeah, know, mm-hmm. uh, McGrath was <laughs> extraordinary, obviously, <laughs> and, five, and, and could do everything. But Lee, you had to bowl in short spells. And the one who ru- was ruined there Gillespie. is Gillespie, mm. who was a proper great bowler and for a he while. He
2: was a Ferrari, mate. Yeah. And,
1: and by the end of his career, he was a Mondeo. <laughs> he was a good good bowler, but <laughs> not
2: what he
0: had
1: been. <laughs> 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 Nothing wrong with uh, Mondeo. Nothing is you, wrong uh, with
0: him at all. You need to do the Sunday shop. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that Jason doesn't Gillespie, sound like the most praise thing I'm, for I'm him, sure for he does. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, never mind. Well, there was a compliment in there somewhere, wasn't there? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Very good. Uh, yeah, that's uh, the point. <laughs> and, and you don't want to compromise that. Wonderful skill.
0: Never mind, uh, Archer. Uh, Archer on the first day, or Stokes on the last day. Um, the heat in here is just. Oh, the atmosphere is electric. I um, think that's sexual chemistry. <laughs> <isn't> it, sausage. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's probably enough. We're going to bottle it for one day. Uh, the well, d- they won't. They. They probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> um the dictionary defines the verb to stoke as to poke, stir up, supply with fuel. And I think we'd all agree the ashes have been thoroughly stoked after the events at Headingley. Nice. Uh, what will he do for his next act? Old Trafford and the Over and you can be sure we'll be back to gibber on about it. <laughs> for now, my thanks to Butch and George. Pleasure. And to you all for tuning in to the Switch Hit Podcast.
1: I'm glad for Oh, Or thanks for having me. Or cheers mate. Oh, look. Oh. com.